0: Well, hello, and welcome back to the Panty Personals, a podcast which, despite appearances, is not about knickers, but rather all about getting up close and personal with some old and new friends. And to be honest, it gets me out of the house in a pandemic. And with me today is a new friend, fingers crossed, a lovely young Dutch woman who has been living here in Dublin for, well, enough years to have picked up the accent anyway. Now, some of you may know her as the singer and songwriter Jane Willow. You might have heard a gorgeous recording she did recently with the RT Concert Orchestra. Or even more recently, you might have even seen her popping up on First Dates Ireland, which I will definitely be asking her about. But back home in the Netherlands, she's not playing Jane, but rather Janneke van Nijnenten she gallantly decided to make it easier for the locals. <laughs> and, you know, a couple of episodes back, I was chatting with the American singer Galia Arad about how a Glenn Hansard gig in New York made her take the leap of moving to Dublin. And guess what? The same Glenn Hansard of Ballymun also attracted the lovely Jane here, too. Turns out he's like that bleeding Pied Piper of women singing singer-songwriters. So, Yannicka, I'm going to call you Yannicka for today because I'm going to be delving into you. Um, What the hell makes Glenn Hansard such a pull for Ireland? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it, was, it wasn't it was true once because everyone thinks I saw once and that, yeah. that's what made me move here to busk and stuff. But no, I just kind of, uh, I heard him talk on an interview about busking and about open mics and that you can just go anywhere and play music Oh, and he talked about Wieland's a lot as well. Oh. And that just kind of made me go like, oh, I have to go there. So I went for two weeks over the summer.
0: What age are you then?
1: Uh, I was 20 mm. and uh, I, went, I went on my own, which was a big thing when you're younger, yeah. I suppose, you know. And uh, I really liked it. And then I kind of decided to move to Ireland. So my parents forced me to stay in Holland for a few more months to like work a job and save some money. And then I just kind of moved Yeah,
0: it's funny, isn't it, as looking backwards, the things that make you do stuff when you're younger seem like nuts. And, you know, I read a book and ended up in Japan.
2: Wow. You know, know,
0: just for no other reason. You mentioned the busking thing there, because you did come to Ireland and in the beginning you basically made your whole living busking. Yeah. You know, people seem to really associate busking in the singer songwriter style with Dublin or Ireland or whatever but I never actually thought of it that way until I started you know, talking to, to singer-songwriters who've come here. Do people not busk in the Netherlands? Uh, there,
1: well, there is one guy in my city who plays the drums. Uh, one for, guy. Yeah, but um, it's not, there's not really a culture of it. And I feel like it's kind of looked down on a bit more there. But in Ireland, I feel like people really appreciate buskers, you know, and yeah, they just, get it a bit more, yeah. I feel like. Uh, well,
0: there is a grand tradition of busking here. I mean, a lot of our famous musicians started out busking or even continued busking well into their careers and all. And I think everybody knows that.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of, I stopped doing it a few years ago because I started opening for bands like yeah. like Glen and then it started building from there. And then I just kind of, recently I started doing it again just to stay sane, really. Yeah. But um it's really nice it just keeps your skills to a certain level you know and, mm. and it's like I could play Leonard Cohen all
2: day <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> I remember you well in the Chelsea hotel you were talking so brave and so sweet giving me head on the old made bed Wait in the street.
1: I might depress a few people, but like, <laughs> I don't care. Like.
0: <laughs> well, busking does, it teaches you something about the art of performing, even though you know, it's very specific, but it's a good ground yeah. work for anything else afterwards. And you do have to, of course, know the good covers because you need to grab people within a second or two.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not very good at that because I like slow, slow songs, but I love playing on kind of parks and like quieter places that works more i don't work on a busy street because people are just like yeah. passing by in like two seconds you know
2: you just turned your back on the crowd you got away i never once heard you say i need you i don't need you i need you i don't
0: yeah, I have these, you know, sometimes those moments, you know, when you're passing a busker, especially if if you can tell they're a great singer or whatever, and I feel almost guilty for rushing by, but that's life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and in lockdown, where were you busking?
1: I started doing it in, in parks and stuff, so it's been nice. Like, uh, it's just, yeah, it keeps me sane, literally. Like, I, I do busking and I do YouTube videos with other people, like with a girl from Canada or, you know, like, I just message people Mm. because I want to play with people, you know. I want to connect.
2: clenching your fists for the ones like us who are oppressed by these figures of beauty. And you fixed yourself. You said, well, never mind.
0: It's interesting to me that you went back to it you know, during lockdown, was it?
2: Yeah, yeah. Just
0: because because you missed performing?
1: Yeah, Or for real people, not like on a live stream where you just mm. see these typed messages. Oh, God,
0: yeah, I hate it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I did some of the streaming stuff too. And, um, you know, if you're a performer, what you're doing it really for... Is the sense of the reaction while you're performing, and yeah. then afterwards, we're all hoarse with the clap. I mean, that's what you want, and it's just not the same in a zoom. Yeah. And you turn off the zoom, and you're standing in your living room.
1: Yeah, it no. helps. It helps if you put like some teddy bears like behind, and you just prefer <laughs> for the teddy bears. <laughs> like that's what I started doing, like just to make it more real. Like you're playing for real people. Like people are watching, but you just can't see them. You know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: mildly creepy almost putting all your <laughs> dolls and things out um you're from us like how big is the city you're from well first of all it's got an amazing name the name of your town is Breeda. yeah drag queens we collect drag queen names just as a fun thing and one of the great unused Irish drag names is Heavy Breeda.
1: <laughs> I hear someone laughing there.
0: <laughs> is it just, you know, Breda—it's such an Irish name, and you know, heavy Breda—you know, for you know, a chunky drag queen—it was just a great name. Um, but you're from a town called Breda. Well, I'm probably pronounced differently. Is it Breda? Breda, oh, Br- heavy Breda.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Not <laughs> the same ring, yeah. <laughs> um, but tell me about Breda.
1: Oh well, uh, it's a small town near Belgium, and we have. Like a jazz festival, and we have a ginger festival every year.
0: You don't mean ginger the root, no. You, know? <laughs> you mean a festival for ginger-haired people. Yeah,
1: and people from all over the world come to Breda to to celebrate.
0: And what, like what? Yeah, prompted Breda in Southern Netherlands <laughs> that's all to that's have a ginger-haired... That's
1: known for, you know? So like... It's
0: known for having ginger-haired people.
1: No, it's just known for that festival, like...
0: But why do they decide one day in this town in the Netherlands?
1: I don't know. They should do it in Ireland. Like, maybe we should, you know, start it, like... <laughs>
0: I mean, I think there <laughs> are ginger festivals. There are other ones. I can't think off the top of my head. But I don't know. I just don't think of the Netherlands as being the epicentre of gingerness.
1: No, yeah.
0: And then, uh, because um, you were on first dates recently. Yeah. But you didn't have ginger down as one of your top priorities.
1: Oh, I did, but uh, they matched me with a really nice person who was a musician, so.
0: They they took out you saying you wanted ginger because it's racist.
1: Maybe, maybe it's racist. (laughs) I don't know.
0: (laughs) Um, I think our ginger people are are, um, unappreciated in their own land, like so many prophets, um, because... To us, it's not exotic, you know, so Irish people always go, oh, it's got beautiful, big brown eyes. You know, when 85% of the population of the planet have big brown eyes. <laughs> um, but, you know, foreigners seem to, a lot of foreigners love the ginger, I have discovered, as a semi-ginger myself. Oh, <laughs> I have a full ginger <laughs> brother, a full ginger sister, and, and I have a touch of auburn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, but so coming to, to Dublin I guess specifically Dublin in a way from Breda is there a culture clash that you shocked there?
1: Um, there was a bit of like um, I didn't understand at the start that like when people ask you when you're in Holland and people ask you how are you you literally go oh, I had a terrible day soon <laughs> this and this happened. you know you tell your whole life story basically to <laughs> any stranger but Irish people are like how are you? grand you know even if yeah. even if your cat died he just like grand you know so that was kind yeah, of And we would thing probably to complain learn.
0: about you behind your back if you were the kind of person who N- you know I-, I was just saying how are you you yeah. know
1: yeah no i had a guy like a bar guy and I, I started telling him my life story and he was like i just asked you how you are like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> well i have to say that i think that's changed a bit in, in during the lockdown and the pandemic
1: i think yeah. when people say
0: to you how are you they are actually asking, how are you? Yeah. Um, so I feel much more free to say to people, oh, I'm struggling today or whatever.
1: Yeah, I saw your post on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Which one? I <laughs> don't uh, you know, like about, about just the struggles um, oh, yeah, 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 of yeah, artists, yeah. you know, like that's I nice. just
0: think people, well, I think everybody's finding it difficult and admitting you find it difficult it's something comforting about it. I, I mean, I like when I read other people's tweets saying they're, they're really down or depressed or having a horrible time with it, because it makes me feel like, yeah, that it's a normal reaction.
2: Yeah, um, yeah.
0: You know, I, I think if you weren't a little bit down at sometimes about it or whatever, that would be an unnatural reaction to this unnatural situation. Yeah. It is a natural, normal reaction, I think, to feel totally pissed off sometimes about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you actually got covid, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I got it a few weeks ago from I think my housemates, yeah.
0: And how was it for you?
1: <laughs> oh, it was it was fine and um I kind of got a routine of like sitting on my bed for a certain time and then sitting by the window and yeah. and I had a friend who came and waved outside the window yeah. so like but uh no, it was fine like <laughs>
0: Well, you look fine now. <laughs> yeah, that's a very Irish reaction to it. That was grand. <laughs> it was all grand. Um, well, one of the things, that directness is something that Dutch people are famous for, and Irish people are famously not. You know, Irish people don't want to say straight to your face what they really think. Is that something you, you had to adjust to?
1: Um...
0: I mean, are you as direct now as you would have been with a Dutch person?
1: No, I just, um, I, I used to be very direct and uh, I, I studied film school for, for four years and uh, I, I remember one day they were like, give feedback on each other's movies and I was like, well, this and this and this and this could be better, you know, and this is great and, and they were just all quite insulted so <laughs> I try not to be as as honest anymore like um but it's kind of now if i go to holland i actually get insulted because i'm not used to it anymore yeah and it can be so direct and it can be like well i don't like your voice there certain family members might have even said that you know <laughs> yeah. like so like so it's kind of uh i'm adjusted to it now yeah. but i kind of like being direct with people still you know if they're I mean, my friends they'll get it you know in
0: theory i like it but then sometimes you know you know, I have a German friend and sometimes you just say something. And I, I, I feel my hackles rise a little bit because I'm like...
1: Yeah, like, what? What? You know.
0: <laughs> um So in theory, yeah, it's good, it's good to be direct and, you know, great. But in practice, I'm too Irish, maybe. Yeah. I always yeah. remember um when I was a student. And by the way, I went to Dunleary as well. But I went... You went to the film school too. in Dunleary yeah. And, and yeah. I went in the 80s when it was a tiny little art college. But um. I was working in the Elephant and Castle restaurant in Temple Bar, which it just opened at the time. And this there was an American waitress and she wasn't long here at all. And one day I sort of found her, you know, very upset and sort of crying. And I said, what's, what, you know, what's, what's up? And she said, oh, you know, the chef called me a fat wagon and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, that means he likes you. I mean, you know, <laughs> if an Irish person doesn't like you, they don't interact with you. They find reasons ways to not have to interact with you. You know, they're, they're not interested in you. But if an Irish person is insulting you and telling you you're stupid and, you know, the slagging culture, that means they like you. Like if an Irish person is telling you you're stupid and whatever, <laughs> it means you're mates. Um, yeah. But to an American, it was a whole new experience, the whole slagging banter thing. Yeah. Now, when you were on First Dates, um, now, if anybody did watch it recently, um, you it, it it seemed like it was going to go very well. I thought in the beginning, um, I have to say, just aside, I love that show. I don't watch television really at all anymore. Um, but if I ever come across that, I do watch it because it has real heart, that show. They're not looking for drama and all of that. They're honestly trying to match people up and it's always yeah. sort of sweet. And um, but anyway, so you were paired um, with a, a drummer um, he'd been living in London, all that. In the beginning, I thought it was all going so well. And then at the end, it didn't quite come together. Yeah. Were you crushed?
1: No, <laughs> no. Because, like I said, I like kind of Leonard Cohen esque kind of guys with beers and stuff. And uh, he wasn't really my type. Physically, but like, like emotionally, you see, he was very similar. Like, you yeah. know, the med- he likes meditation and nature and music. <laughs> but so. you're
0: still single and you're still looking for love. <laughs> and for the benefit of listeners, you're a beautiful <laughs> young woman, um, charming, gorgeous <laughs> hair. Um, you have a slightly uh, Joan Baez quality or something about you um so if there's any uh, in particular ginger single men out there who appreciate um life love music uh singer songwriters and dutch directness um, yes they can find you on
1: oh jane willow i suppose
0: jane yeah com, isn't it <laughs> so the the, 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 the the offers are going to come flooding in. Um, so, Jane, you're going to do a, a, a song for us. The first of two songs you're going to do first, And the first song you're going to do is a Nick Cave cover.
1: Yeah, um, it's one of my favorite songs. And it's, uh, it's just a love song. And I, I always like putting a female voice to a male song or vice versa, you know. So uh, I just noticed I could sing it. And um, yeah, I just love it
2: so much. <laughs>
0: um, okay, well, let's hear it.
2: I don't believe in an interventionist God But I know, darling, that you do But if I did, I would kneel down and ask him Not to intervene when it came to you Not to touch a hair on your head To leave you as you are if he felt he had to direct you and direct you into my arms I don't believe in the existence of angels But looking at you, I wonder if that's true But if I did, I would summon them together To each burn a candle for you To make brown and clear your path And to walk like Christ in grace and love And guide you into my arms So keep your candle burning make a journey bright and pure that you'll keep returning always and evermore into my
0: Thank you. Thank you. Um, when you're singing, you almost sound Irish. You, you have, there's an inflection. Do you think is that something you've picked up along all along the way, or? Uh,
1: I think that's a thing that people have, where they, when they talk they have an accent, but when they sing, mm. they don't, or something like yeah.
0: Well, you have one of those kind of accents that I love. You know, my husband is foreign too, and he's always trying to iron out his accent completely. But I'm always like, no, everybody has an accent, so you should have an accent. Um, as long as people can understand you, that's all that matters, you know, but you should have an accent and you have one of those ones that I kind of love where it's, it's difficult to put your finger on it. Um, there's a bit of Dublin, there's a bit of general Irish, there's a bit of Dutch. Um, you've been here about ten years, is that right? Yeah. yeah. So in, are, do you feel Irish now?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'd like to think I'm Irish, Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And as long as they stay in the EU, you can hang on to your passport. Uh, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, I said glibly in the introduction that you you, you you change your name to Jane Willow to make it easier for the locals. But that isn't quite true. I was just being glibly. You know, it's not the full story anyway. So you perform under the name Jane Willow. But am I right in thinking that it's a, it's a bit like an alter ego or a performance persona or... Like, is there a, a distinction in your mind between Jane and Janneke?
1: Um Yeah, I think there's definitely, like, um, it creates kind of a distance. Mm. And, like, I used to be very shy as a teenager. So, like, Jane Willow kind of, like, it permits me to just be very, like, outgoing and, like, just jump on stage somewhere mm. and just be like... <laughs>
0: No, I mean, I totally get it. You don't need to explain it to me. Oh yeah, you know, of course. because um, I mean, I wasn't shy, but um, basically, the moment you step on stage, whether you, you're using a different name or not, you are presenting a different persona. That's what the stage does. Nobody is the same on and off stage. Even the people that we laud them for being, "Oh, he's so oh, he's just himself. It, he's not. Yeah. Everybody, once you put a light on them on a stage, whatever. They are performing a version of themselves. And I do think, certainly drag, but I think any element of taking on another name or persona allows you to use that even more. And I mean, I certainly and all the dragons tell you that it's like an armor or like a superpower in a way, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, you, you feel more confident. You can channel the parts of you that are better suited to, to being a stage performer and all of that. Um, so it sounds very, in a way, similar.
1: Yeah, like, I like, well, obviously, like, well, I don't, I don't, you know, have your beautiful hair or makeup, but I definitely, like, I dress up and, and, and I don't know, like, I just feel empowered when I get mm. on a stage, like, like, it's something I know how to do, you know, so and it's And really I read nice. a quote
0: from you that, uh, you know, it's, like, I felt like, you know, it's one of the things that I constantly say about it too, so I really... Connected when when I read this quote from you, where you say, "In some ways, it's it's a thing to hide behind in a way, but in another way, it's very revealing." And I totally uh, get that because I always say that all the makeup and the hair and all that, in one way, it is a mask; it's a kind of protection or something. And you know, some ways you're hiding behind it, but in another way, it reveals things about you that you would never normally be able to reveal or that people would never see about you um, if you're just wearing a t-shirt and walking down the street. Um, yeah. So it was interesting to me that you vocalized that exact same thing. What, what do you think it reveals about you when you're on stage?
1: What do you think it reveals about you? Like,
0: Well, it's <laughs> not that I think it reveals anything particular, but it allows me to reveal things about myself more comfortably.
1: Yeah, that would be the exact yeah. same thing then. Yeah, like just... I would not go and be like, oh, you know, this and this happened. But I write a song about it, like, two, yeah. two seconds. And it's safe because nobody really knows what I'm talking about. But it's also like, <laughs> here's literally my life story in a song, yeah. you know.
0: I mean, that's exactly right. Like, there's things that I can stand up in a stupid wig and crazy dress and say things about myself and about my own life very comfortably. Because I have... Through all of this makeup and stuff, I've put it into a performance space. So I don't feel threatened by revealing it or something. Yeah. I can perform, you know, inner truths about myself. Whereas if I'm just well, standing, if I stood up on a bus in a pair of jeans and a T-shirt, I could never say the same things.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> because I don't have the protection between me and my feelings that this provides me I mean it's hard to explain
1: yeah no that's exactly yeah that's exactly how I feel as well because like when I was a a teenager I I was too scared to even go to the grocery shop and talk to a grocery person and be like I can't find the peanut butter you know so like I've come a long way from being that person to being this person who just like walks up to Mm. random people and like or just goes and plays music or like I don't know, like yeah, it's great. It's Just if you have something, whether it's art or or, mm. or drag, or it's just great because you can just say like, well, this is this has to go. So or like, you just mm. wanna you want it to be seen or heard yeah. or I don't know what it is.
0: But. And then it also it allows people to interact with you differently too. I mean, I yeah. definitely people interact much differently with me if I'm in drag than if I'm not, and they're much more open to me in drag and revealing about themselves. Sometimes I think that's because everybody in the back of their mind, I think this weirdo won't judge me. <laughs> you know, there's that. Um, but it's also true of all performers, you know, the, the kids who write them letters and crying and telling them their deepest thoughts, you know, if you reveal something to somebody else, they feel much more yeah. open you know, to communication or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you think coming to Ireland um, was part of your hiding? Or or did you sort of consciously see it as a way to grow? Or
1: Oh, well, I was just going to stay here for a year and do a lot of busking and do the open mics and stuff and just learn the craft. And I kind of, um, I don't know, but like I, I was in rock school in the Netherlands and they kept telling me that I couldn't sing. And I just, maybe that was part of me just like, <clears throat> you know, like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> bleep, 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 you know, language. Uh, And it just made me kind of, yeah, I want to, I don't know, like... It's such a funny thing to tell somebody in a rock
0: school. Yeah, I I mean, mean, yeah. It just seems like an odd thing in a creative space to tell you.
1: Yeah, it's um, and it was really great for me because then, you know, I discovered Glenn and Damien Rice, of course, but I also discovered Lisa and Marquetta. And I was like, wow, my voice... Is not too different from their voices and they're doing it and they're considered singers. Aww. So like, <laughs> screw you. I'm, I'm a singer, like, you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course, Lisa Hannigan does our, you know, it's Lisa Hannigan's track is our theme music for this show. Yeah. Love Lisa on this I show. <laughs> um, maybe that's part of the Dutch directness, do you think? You can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
0: Um it, it's also interesting to me because um, we do have this Connection that you went to Dunleary. I, I call it the School of Art and Design, but nowadays it's called the
1: Institute of Art Design and Technology. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yes, um, and that's interesting to me. I mean, so many creative people that I talk to um, on this podcast and elsewhere—they're um, creative in different areas—and you're another good example of that. So uh, you had been to Rock School in the Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, you. Came to Dublin uh, to perfect the craft. The craft that you had, by the way, learned on YouTube. You learned to play the guitar on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. A, it shows you how young you really are. (laughs) And and B, that's the kind of, that is so determined. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not easy to learn any instrument, but to do it on your own off YouTube seems to me very determined and um exactly the kind of person rock school should have wanted uh, <laughs> then you came to Dublin uh to get into the music scene here because you 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 thought it's you know it would suit you um you lived above Whelan's um very nearby here where we are recording um which in its in it just on its own is a very fun sounding young thing to do um and and then after two years or something of, you know, supporting yourself by busking and all that, you went to film school.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: so where does that come from?
1: Um, it's quite funny. It's one of your previous guests, I think, Miles O'Reilly. I saw mm. his work and I kind of thought, you know, oh, m- music, it's its too hard. And yeah, I kind of given up on it at that point. Um, and then I just kind of thought... Well, maybe I could just shoot music videos like Miles O'Reilly does, you know. So, (laughs) And I I do shoot music videos, but just for Jane Willow now. I kind of got back into music then because you kind of have to make a choice. I feel like you can't be great at everything. Mm,
0: Uh, I mean, (sighs) maybe, probably, but it's also... Nowadays, you know, technology has allowed people to do things more easily. Yeah. So I think there is more scope to do lots of different things. Miles is a great example, of course. Um, yeah, you know, actually, I think yeah. back in the old days when you had to look around film cameras and you know giant lights and there was processing and developing all that stuff. Maybe it would have been too much for one person to do that and music. But, you know, nowadays, maybe it's...
1: Yeah, maybe I'll, 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 I'll get into it again. Like I'm doing a kind of I'm directing my own music videos and stuff and doing like home YouTube videos. And, mm. It's it's really great. I love audio. I love sound. But yeah, I just love I love working on stuff mm. and.
0: Well, sound um, and audio is a good thing for a musician to get into. Yeah. But but that was the full four year college diversion, was it?
1: No. Oh, yeah. I, I I did love it. Uh, I got into sound design then, and when I got out, um, Steve Fanagan, he he did sound design for Room, um, oh, yeah. and Game of Thrones and stuff like that. So I kind of had some work experience with him and. Or, you know, I'd, I'd go to the Grand Social and just look at the sound guy there and what he was doing. So I like, mm. was very, very into sound at the time. But uh, just writing songs is just so much more enjoyable for me. And I just feel like it's so much easier. Um, like I want to be a full time musician, you know, mm. so.
0: Um, so you're going to do another song for us, um, Let There Be Light, which you've also recorded with the RT concert orchestra. And it's beautiful. Um, Tell me about that. I
1: I was just feeling down and I tried to lift myself up by writing this song. Um, And I know it just can be hard, like in the music industry and as a woman in the music industry and um, being in Ireland, like without your family and Mm. stuff. So I just kind of put it all into one song, like just Mm. let there be light, you know, like I really like it. I'm very happy.
0: I find it interesting. Wait, that you say you sat down to write it to, you know, boost your spirits to lift yourself up. Do you consciously do that? I, uh, oh, I, you know, I, I need to boost myself. I'm going to sit down and write a song. Uh,
1: like, <laughs> so I think, um, yeah, like uh, when I wrote the song, I was, I was at home and, um, I, yeah, I was just so, so down and I was going to say something like. There is no light or something. (laughs) And then I just thought of um, one of my heroes is Christy Hennessy and he has some really beautiful songs and uh, I just thought of him singing it to me. And that just kind of changed it for me into Let There Be Light, because I just thought he's singing this to me and he's saying like, you know, you got to keep believing in whatever it is you Mm. believe in. So.
0: God, that's very, um, that's beautiful. What I wanted to say. <laughs> um, well, let's
2: hear it. Okay. <laughs> Let there be light Let there be days Let there be hope that helps you tread your ways Through the cross You'll find a face Someone that reaches you in some kind way In a commotion It's getting hard to know What really matters And what's worth letting go What's your intents and you intend to know no, let there be light light thrown a day strong, no need to push on, just Bingo! Mm-hmm. to know what's really matters and what's worth letting go but I have this music
0: I second that emotion (laughs) (laughs) at the tail end of this lockdown pandemic. Let there be light. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Very beautiful. The version of that with the RT concert orchestra is available online. I know on SoundCloud because I've been listening to it. Um, But people can find your stuff. um, Tell tell them where and when you had an EP out. uh,
1: Oh, uh, yeah, I have an EP from 2018 and a couple of singles. uh, Just Jane Willow music uh, anywhere. And I do like YouTube videos twice a month. So (laughs) (laughs) that's it.
0: Regular as Dutch clockwork. Um, (laughs) And so um, at the moment, of course, everything has sort of been thrown amok a bit um, with lockdowns and the pandemic and all that. Um, But what are your plans?
1: Well. This song will be out soon, and I'm re- releasing my debut album with uh Joe Chibi on string arrangements, who's mm-hmm. the head of the RTE concert orchestra, and Dave Hingerty on drums, mm-hmm. who plays with Glenn Hansard mm-hmm. and Josh Ritter. So, yeah, I've that, that in the pipeline to look out to, I suppose. Yeah,
0: and when do you hope that'll be? Out? Uh,
1: I think like late 2021. I'll just have to put it out there because I've been sitting on it for a year now. And yeah, I feel I feel strongly about the songs and yeah, yeah. I, I want to put it out, you know. Of course, yeah. yeah.
0: It is a weird thing, isn't it, though, releasing stuff when you can't, you know, gig to support it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's really, it's really odd. <laughs> yeah.
0: Although, you know, it's amazing how quickly we get used to things, isn't it? Because people are re- releasing things and now we know we can't go to gigs. and Yeah. Yeah. And you've no grot to return to um, Netherlands.
1: Uh, I don't think so, no. I think Ireland is my home and mm-hmm. I hope to stay here forever. Like
0: <laughs> Well, yes, and, but you don't have to meet an Irish man first, a ginger, <laughs> calling all gingers. Um, well, actually, you know, at the moment, especially during lockdown, you know, it, it's very easy to get into like a negative doom scrolling about Ireland and everything. And I kind of have to remind myself... Um, you know it's not the worst um if you if you had to leave Ireland tomorrow what would you want to take with you apart wow, from the ginger haired man
1: that's a great question uh, <laughs> the music mm. yeah just the way that the I, you know like you can walk into any pub and someone could sit next to you, and they sing better than you, and you're like, "What?" You know, and they're just they're just doing it for a hobby. Like mm. you're just like, or or you know, people can write poems, and and they just get lost into their art, and and they really feel it, you know. And I think that's just so beautiful, and I'll never mm. like want to lose that, you know, like yeah. that connection.
0: I mean, I think it is um, something that maybe Irish people don't appreciate. And we think that it's the same everywhere and it's it's not when it comes to that stuff um, but thank you for ending on a positive note it's been really lovely to meet you um, <laughs> I've enjoyed it very much um, and you know you were just what I needed today so <laughs> thank you very much Janneke um, you know I think Dublin is all the brighter for having your Dutchness in it um, anyway so thanks for dropping by it's been lovely to have you lovely to meet you and um, thanks again for taking me out of my COVID-19 misery and um, Listeners, please keep an eye out for Janneke's music under her, I'm not going to say alter ego, but her stage persona, Jane Willow. Jane Willow. <laughs> Thank you so much, Janneke.
1: Thank you
2: so much. <laughs>